This is Revisiting Haven. Hey, Havenites. This is Amy J. And with me as usual is Amy S. Hi, everyone. This is Amy S., the other Amy. Hey, guys. So um, thank you for bearing with me and my death cough and whatnot last episode. Doing much better, I think. So we'll see how this goes. But um, we don't really have any news, do we? I don't think so. It's been a little slow. We just recorded uh, a few days ago for our previous episode, and I don't think we have any news. I don't think so, but uh, I know we mentioned that we were going to talk about Haven Origins, uh, and now we realize there's a second chapter, uh, the first one having been Witches, and this next chapter, uh, I don't know what it's called. Native? Native. Native. And so uh, from talking with Amy, what we decided is we're going to wait till the hiatus to actually do that because one we're very busy with these podcasts and the things we have and we're actually planning some fun things for the hiatus so with all of that we want to kind of keep things lively and keep haven alive during hiatus right so we'll talk about haven origins then and some other surprises and goodies will come during hiatus as well yes we have some surprises and some goodies very well said amy right yeah um and if you guys have a suggestion of things you want us to talk about uh, we probably won't do it during this first airing of uh, 5A, but we are open to talking about something during the hiatus. Let us know. Yeah. A topic or character in particular or whatever. But um, we, we're thinking of revisiting the episodes we hadn't touched. And then, like I said, there's some, some goodies and fun stuff coming up. Definitely some good stuff coming up. Yes. But till then, we have episode 509 uh Morbidity. Morbidity, written by Speedweed. Speed is on Twitter. You guys, uh, I enjoyed this episode. I let him know. Uh, at Real Speedweed. Let him know if you appreciated the episode. Yes. Uh, what did you think of it? Oh, I enjoyed it. You know me. I, I love every Haven episode. But this was so much going on. We got our new character, Dr. Charlotte Cross. We had a throwback with Chris Brody and um, the mention of Lori uh, Fulcher's sister who was in Sparks and Recreation. We had, um, there was just a little bit of everything. Yeah. We had this crazy beer, bear trouble. Nobody's ever going to look at teddy bears again. The same. <laughs> yeah. Let, okay. So let's, let's, let's kind of go through the episode. Um, but before we do that, just a, a mention about this trouble. Um, I don't know what happened in Speed's life and Speed, if you're listening to this, no offense, <laughs> no offense, man, but You've ruined teddy bears for me. <laughs> I don't think that was intent. Is his intent because he is a father of uh, triplets. He's got three little ones at home. So I don't think he wanted to ruin teddy bears for anyone. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, success though. Okay, headless teddy bears. And not only that, a dead man with with a head bashed in. Yeah, half of his skull was missing. I mean, you couldn't keep the skull? <laughs> couldn't just be like a dead guy? with He had to lose the skull speed? Okay. <laughs> I just, you know, the teddy bears my kids will have in the future will not be brown. They will be <laughs> Care Bears. Thank you for not ruining Care Bears. I know. It was kind of funny because the bear costumes in these particular bears, they were, you know, teddy bears are the warm, fuzzy things that we yeah. all love and that are harmless and are cute. And that's what this bear was or these bears until the head comes off. Um, so it did go from one extreme to the other within, you know, still being a teddy bear. And you know what's interesting, and we mentioned this before, um, online, there are promotional photos um, through Spoiler TV or Far, Far Away site that you guys can see, and we don't really mention them, 
before they air, but now that it, the episode is aired, if you look at those pictures, maybe I'm the only one, but I had no idea what to expect from those scenes. Oh, yeah. This is not anywhere in the realm of what I thought. Which is a good point. We think we know from the pictures what might be happening, and then we watch the episode, and we are just not even in the neighborhood of what we're right. going to be ending up. It really you know. goes to show that the show knows what it's doing, but also we don't know better than the show. Yeah. So just kind of have faith with it. But uh, yeah, so good work, Speed, on throwing us off with that trouble. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but let's let's start from the beginning with Dave. Yeah, and the trip, uh, Dave's nightmare, and he's kind of, you know, through the thinny and back on the other side in the void, and, you know, we're seeing another kind of chapter of this nightmare that he's having, right? Right, and it really felt like Haven Origins in the beginning. Oh, totally, the Croatoan thing. and Right. And I then, thought it looked ahead. like that settlement that they were talking about in the old Switcheroo Part 1, and when, they, when Dave or Vince or whoever, you, you know, because they were in other bodies, when they were back in... I want to say New Jersey. It's not New Jersey, is it? New New North Hampshire? Car- North, Carolina? North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting my states that start with N mixed up. <laughs> North Carolina. Um, you know, it kind of looked like, you know, when the lady, when she was talking about the whole settlement disappeared, my theory is they went through the thinny. That's where they disappeared to. And so is that who all these people are that we saw in this little nightmare scene of Dane? Uh, I don't know. It's a possibility. It's a theory. And it all kind of ties into Haven Origins, too, the, the little webisodes, Haven Origins. It's all kind of tying into Dave's dreams and the void and the other side and the thinny. Yes. So, which you, uh, again, if you haven't seen Haven Origins, it's on uh, sci-fi.com slash Haven. Yeah. And it's also on Tumblr. Uh, so I think that's why we need to devote the hiatus to talking about the origins. We'll get into it a little deeper. Um, yeah. But yes, the... Uh, so Dave's wound also, you know, the CDC is there. They're looking for Dave. Dave's in hiding. He reaches out for help. Yes, he's got a plan. And we saw Chris Brody in the pr- promos, and everyone was like, oh, my God, Chris Brody, he's coming back? Well played, Haven. Uh, I didn't mind this Chris Brody return. Chris Brody was never in Haven. He was only via Skype on the computer. And <laughs> even then, his trouble affected everyone. And right. it was great to kind of see that um, Dwight enthralled by Chris Brody. Dwight's coming to the trouble that you will like me. Right. I have a new crossbow. That's hilarious. It was great. It was great. And Jason Priestley having him back, even in this capacity, was wonderful. So, Yeah, and and props to Dave for thinking ahead and, you know, kind of putting that plot together to get Chris on his side and to use Chris's trouble to dupe the doctor. Uh, Well played, Dave. Well played. Yeah, and that you, you have his number like that yeah. but yeah you know i wonder how many times you guys have used chris for this right and we got a throwback we've gotten a lot of flashbacks and kind of callbacks to previous episodes of haven that's happened quite a bit here so far in season 5a and we got another one with chris brody so which hey. was great yeah which um leads us to why dave was calling chris brody and that was because of the introduction of laura Manel. Yes, her character, Dr. Charlotte Cross, she's on board now and sounds like she's uh, going to be a ha- uh, Haven character for quite a number of episodes moving forward. Yeah, I think she's going to be in season 5A and 5B. Yeah, absolutely. And so we see that she's from the CDC and you get immediately, you know, she's a no-nonsense uh, flight surgeon, n- naval, yeah. military training, background uh, flight surgeon previously, but now with the CDC and she doesn't take 
I was going to say she takes no prisoners. She, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's the better way of saying it. It's, it's kind of her way or the highway. She's all business. She knows what she's doing. She's very serious. I mean, you know, things from the CDC are serious. They do work to stop the spread of diseases. It's a very serious undertaking. And uh, she realizes that. And she was a fantastic character. The only problem I have is you call Gloria incompetent. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, I had my problems with Charlotte Cross was that she was, um, of course, this was just her first her first episode, and she's you know she's on the case, she's on a mission to stop this you know this disease from spreading, if indeed that's what's happening here in Haven. But she was like, it's my way or the highway, and this is it. And she really reminded me of Chief Merrill from Lockdown episode, you know, the stranger coming into Haven. Oh, very Our good. Our Haven crew is trying to keep the troubles secret from her, like they were with Chief Merrill. And she puts Haven under quarantine, which is what Chief Merrill did. And um, Interesting parallel there. You know, Chief Merrill came in, and you're doing things my way, and there's no two ways about it. And same with Dr. Laura, I mean, Dr. Charlotte Cross. So um, to me, it was a huge parallel. But well, we, I, saw, but we saw that, you know, in, in the previous episode of uh, Lockdown, it was Nathan and Audrey working with Merrill. And this one, it's Dwight. Yes. Who's like the go-between, in-between, who's also, I think, has a little bit of a crush on the doctor. Yes, and some of Dwight's actions, were they because he was police chief? Were they colored by the fact that he has this little crush on her? Possibly. Possibly. Oh, which is interesting, because, and, and we'll, we'll talk about this um, and I don't, in oh, a minute. You, but, I mean, at first I thought Dwight could just be charming her because he's got to get her on his side, if you will, and he's trying to keep the troubles a secret from her, and he's trying to get her out of town, so he's trying to get on her good side and get in with her and spend time with her. And that may have been his initial plan, but I think he is smitten with her, and there is a little bit of a something on Dwight's uh, on Dwight's uh, behalf going on here. I agree with you. I agree, and I think that's exactly what happened. Um, it, it was cute to see Dwight uh, putting the moves on Doctor Cross, <laughs> and it was it, it was cute to see Doctor Cross receptive uh-huh. of said moves. And you know, uh, unfortunately, they didn't get to finish their lobster meal. Um, which, by the way, real quick, uh, aside, that scene of, of Lucas Bryant as Nathan telling Dwight, hey, chief, um, they ran out of lobster. The smoldering <laughs> look to tell him and try to hint, yeah, yeah, you need to, you know, try the gull. That was perfect. It, it, that was great. I loved it. And it also, I think, underscores how... You know, the police department, Nathan, when he was chief, and now he's detective, and Dwight is chief, and Audrey is, you know, our number one trouble solver, also detective from the PD. They are all on the same page in Duke of hiding the troubles from outsiders. It's like they just kind of know this is what we need to do. Right. And you saw you saw that in the beginning when the CDC had come, it was the four of them, Duke, Audrey, Nathan, Dwight, conversing and pulling together to figure out what was going on, what they should do. Right. They were banding together to get a plan because we got this stranger in town. How are we going to proceed? Right. What What is the plan to do this? What do we do about Dave? What do we do about the CDC lady? And, oh, hey, of course, it's because it's Haven. There's a bear trouble. <laughs> and I know we're going to talk a little bit when we uh, more in the podcast, Amy, but I, so I don't want to get too far ahead. But I liked how the episode started out. Everybody was working together and they're on the same page. Yes. Now, by the end of the episode, that wasn't quite the case. <laughs> that is correct. Um, and we'll talk about that in, in a few minutes. 
But to wrap up Dr. Cross, she's there to stay. I mean, she put Haven under quarantine. Uh She said the tanks are rolling in. Yes. And she dropped the mic and walked off. Yeah. Well, she dropped that uh, bombshell at the end about, you know, the genetic markers. So that was the bombshell she left. Like you said, she dropped the mic and walked off. Yeah. So and that that genetic markers is an interesting thing because you saw Dwight's reaction. Mm hmm. Right. And we'll talk about Dwight again in, in a few minutes. But, uh, but one last thing I want to say, mm-hmm. and I, I just found humor in this, and I guess it's perhaps credit to Speed. They kept on calling her the CDC lady. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, I thought it was so funny. Nobody called her the new doctor or, um, you know, um, you know, the new scientist from the CDC or anything. They just called her the CDC lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of funny. It was cute. And maybe that's the way for them to distance themselves uh, because of what they're doing. Yeah. So that was that was a great introduction to Dr. Cross. And of course, you know, you have all this and then you have Duke and Mara. What to say about them? So I, I it's abundantly know. clear. And I, I hope it is. And maybe, Amy, you tell me if it's not. It's abundantly clear that Mara is trying to manipulate Duke. I agree. I mean, she is trying to turn him against his friends. Yes. And he bought it. He did. But, you know, and I said this previously, Duke and Mara in the same scenes together is not a good thing for Duke's mental health. Right. You know? Yeah, she, we've seen she's evil, she's a manipulator, part of what she does. I mean, the troubles are all rooted in emotions and fear, and that's what she, that's, you know, that's your mind, that's your mental state, and that's, she's playing on Duke's emotions, his fear, she's playing with his mental state. We've seen that this is what she does with people, she manipulates them, whether she's speaking with them or via the troubles that she's giving them, and she is a master at playing mind games with Duke. Yeah, and and I think the problem is that Duke is overconfident, if not arrogant, about his ability to not be thrown or fooled by her. Okay. Or to fall fall to her manipulations. Because he was fighting her, and he did a good job through many of these scenes in this episode. You know, there's no we, and that's not going to happen, and... um, you know, she, Mara even goes so far as to, you know, that phrase, use her womanly wiles on him when she comes out of the shower and she's standing there naked in front of him. She even tried that angle to get him, you know? Yeah. And he, you know, he didn't fall for that. But she is pulling out all the cards. She's, she's no holds. She's, sees yeah. what's happening. She's picked up on it. It's, it's like seeing a wound and she's just poking at it. And he's got her... He is still her only human interaction since they've locked her up in his boat. He's got her tied up. She needs him on her side, you know, at a multiple of levels to get out of being locked up, to get back through a thinny, to get on with her own life. Um, You know, she needs him for many reasons. So uh, she's playing mind games to get him on her side, to use him, to get what she wants. Yeah, and and she... As she said, she's had 500 years of observation Mm -hmm. uh, to do this, which is also interesting, right? So this is uh, essentially 2011, 2012, I guess, that Haven is. 
I think it's 2011 by now because we had a callback to Lucy being 28 years ago instead of 27 years ago. So I think we're in 2011 now, Haven time. So like 2011 and 500 years ago. That was 1511. Yeah. Right? So <clears throat> thinking about it, Mara went into the barn in the 1500s. So every 27 years, there have been that many, actually, 500 divided by 27. There's been at least 18 uh-huh. different incarnations. Wow, that's a lot. That just came to me. That's interesting. Yeah. Hey, and it was also interesting to hear Mara refer to, go, you know, to, she said it um, something about until they could put me in the barn or they put me in the barn. Yeah. It was interesting to hear her say that. Yeah, and... and you know, we haven't really seen that part. We just saw in the comic book, if you, if you haven't seen it, you know, that well, um, Agent Howard came for them. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, Mara over 500 years has mastered the techniques of manipulation and she's using it on Duke successfully. Right. And he has, I mean, she said two things. One, they're going to put the people and start gathering them together. Okay, that happened. Yeah. And yeah, granted, it was Nathan that did it, but. Let's be honest. It was a smart call. When you have an epidemic, you uh-huh. kind of gather everyone together. Yeah, she kind of seemed to, oh, I don't know. She's even got me confused, Mara. I mean, she's, she's got Duke's head spinning. She's got my head spinning. <laughs> That's what she does, right? And the second thing she said was is that your friends are going to turn on you. Right. And we'll talk about more about that last part uh, toward the end, but she's good. Yeah, and she's still, she's so proud. We know she's evil and she's wicked. We don't know if that's going to change, but so far she still is this evil person. And she's so proud of these troubles and she's so proud of this chaos that she wreaks upon Haven. And, um, you know, she's kind of loves that she can be the one to uh, control the troubles or she does control yeah. the troubles. And she's just still so egotistical about, um, you know, the troubles that she's created and everything she's done. She just thinks she's so awesome. Yes. And the reason, uh, and we might as well talk about that now, is because of Audrey. Right. And what she said to Audrey and that confrontation, which has been a long time coming. And it wasn't quite what I really want to face to face. But okay. even the telephone confrontation uh, was everything I thought. Yeah. And props to Audrey. You know, Audrey's priority is saving people and helping people and solving troubles. And I can't imagine that Audrey really wanted to speak with Mara, but Audrey wanted to solve the problem and save the town. And, you know, Dwight said, get on it. You didn't solve it. And, you know, Audrey, yeah. Audrey didn't hesitate to go to Mara to solve the, the trouble. Yeah. And for Mara to manipulate Audrey even. Ugh. Right. Because, okay, Audrey is good at what she does when she had her immunity. Now right. that she doesn't, she seems a little shaky. She seems full of self-doubt. Even though last week she brought Nathan back and used her lack of immunity to her advantage, she still seemed, like she even seemed a little shaken when she very first saw the bear, the headless bear. Okay, I have a theory about that real quick. Okay. Um, you think it's because she saw the trouble and if she was immune, she wouldn't have seen it? Oh. And she realized that maybe? Perhaps. That's a good point, Amy. So I, that was a quick thought. But anyway, um, yes. She, she does seemed, seem shaken. She seems she's got some self-doubt that her lack of immunity is going to compromise her ability to solve cases. 
or what does it mean for her? She doesn't right. know yet. And I don't think uh, the immunity, we, we know it, the immunity wasn't why she was good. Right. We agree with her that it's all her when she was more confident. She knew that. Now you're right. Self-doubt. Yeah. That she reached out to Mara. Right. And Mara took advantage of that. She knew Mar- uh, Audrey was doubting herself if she was reaching out to her herself. Uh-huh. Right. And I love Mara's exchange. Hello, Audrey. <laughs> you haven't come to see me. Oh, yes. <laughs> Why, Why would I, I come to see you? you? <laughs> Why would I? <laughs> oh, because I'm your maker. Oh, and Audrey just didn't hesitate. You are not my maker. Right, right. Audrey's her own self now, and she knows it. And, you know, like, she's on a journey, perhaps, her continuing journey of her identity. Who am I? Where did I come from? Um, right, because she thought she had answers, right? Initially, she thought she was the one that caused the troubles. And now it's more than clear, more clear than ever that she wasn't the one that created the troubles. But Mara is. yeah. And she was a separate individual from that person. Right. But how much of what she can do was because of Mara and how much was her? Right. So this journey of I am Audrey, who am I, is still going on all all this time later. Right. And the jabs from Mara about Audrey being a husk, a candy wrapper, Uh they're not helpful. Yeah. But the delivery was awesome. Okay, Audrey husk, don't get your knickers in a twist. You know, they're great. Props to Emily Rose. I mean, seriously. Yes. If you haven't looked at the interesting facts for this, uh, Speed has shared some wonderful tidbits, including the fact that at the table read, uh-huh. uh, Emily played this portion, right? Because this is a conversation between Mara and Audrey, played by only one Emily Rose. Yep. And she read it flawlessly. Can you yeah. imagine? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, when they, if you're not familiar with filming they they do these scenes separately but at the table read it's all the same in the script so she's literally playing both mara and audrey and saying the lines one after the other and changing the voices and the writers and producers were at their studio in los angeles listening to the table read via conference phone and that's amazing that they you know speed said they that emily played that so well that's I, I wish I was a year in that room. That, oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Or if they have any way of putting that on the DVD, that would have been great. <laughs> Real it, behind the scenes. It just stuff. goes to show you that the, you know, I've always been a fan of Emily's acting, and this is an example of it. If she's able to do that. Right. And fool the writers of the episode. Yeah. Right. So um, kudos to Emily Rose and the scene there. And it just goes to show Audrey is, is shook. And when she gets off the phone, she's shook. Uh-huh. And Duke tries to say, hey, you can't think like that. But she's still shook. Yeah. But yeah, to your credit, she did regroup. Right. Of course she did. Yeah. But we'll, we'll and, find out if that works. Yeah. And I know that uh, you're waiting for the face-to-face showdown between Mara and Audrey. And we know it's coming. That's going to be exciting, I think. Yeah. Something's going to be coming up soon. But, you know, before Audrey had this self-doubt and stuff, she had that fun little moment. Oh. That lighthearted moment. At the goal, just relaxing, having a drink. It was a very cute scene. And that was beautiful scenery. The scenery there in Nova Scotia just lends itself. I mean, they were relaxing out on the water there at the goal. I mean, that's a perfect place to just kind of unwind and and enjoy your significant other and, you know... 
Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, um, Speed also shared the tidbit that Emily Rose and Lucas Bryan are the ones who wanted that addition to show a little lighthearted side to their relationship. Oh, the little fun banter about the socks and then the kiss? Yeah, which is, yeah. you know, fantastic. And I think it's great that the writers are comfortable with the input of the actors and the actors are comfortable enough to give input to the writers because the writers have such a job of, here's an arc, we have to hit all these points and we have to make sure we get it through that sometimes, you know, it can be lost in the, let's get a lighthearted moment in here. Mm-hmm. And it's the small things, but the the actors who love the show and love their characters so much and the pairing are like, hey, I know we're busy. We got things going on. Can we just modify this a little bit and give yeah. this? Yeah, I love that the actors are so, like you said, Amy, they're so um, in with their characters, mm-hmm. so devoted to their characters and to the show. Yeah. You know, they, they don't just show up and read their lines. They are really passionate about it. And they know their characters after all these years, and they know how their characters should be interacting. And it's nice to see the a pairing between the writers and the actors to um, modify things where, when needed. Yeah, and the writers, you know, they they treat our characters very well for the most part. And, you know, the fact that it's a relationship amongst everyone mm-hmm. to take care of them. Right, and, and we know this scene was, um, you know, they were just relaxing, kind of catching Dwight up because he'd been gone out of town dealing with, you know, the death of his sister and, and they, they said, you know, it's been a quiet week. So the fact that they were kind of relaxing and talking about new socks and able to enjoy a drink, I mean, it was a quiet week. What else would they be doing? Right. Um, so that, that was a great scene to see. And that I, I think that leads us to the final scene, right? Did, uh, I ca- did we catch everything else? Uh, close to our final scene. I mean, there was so much going on. Like when our typical podcast, we can't touch on every single thing. But yeah, right. we were going to talk about uh, Dwight and Duke and Nathan at the end there. So um, our final scene was Duke and Mara, but we were going to focus on on the boys. <laughs> right. Um, the Duke and Mara thing. Uh, so Duke. Uh, so for a quick thing on that, Duke fell for Mara's uh, manipulations. I mean, yeah. I do quick shout out to Duke for remembering that Jennifer died because of Mara. Correct. Regardless of what she says, it, a part of it was because of her. But he did realize that, hey, she has dealt with this before in 500 years uh-huh. She might be the best weapon for us. Right. And the only reason that Duke's falling for her manipulation and fighting with her is because of, you know, what's going on in the town and the troubles. And Duke, he's kind of like Dave. He doesn't want to become a science experiment. He doesn't want to be locked up in a cage. Yes. Um, so, you know, Duke is just all about self-preservation right now and what's going to happen to me and what's my future. Um, well, the but- other thing is, right, is that he also, ca- despite what... Dwight said, mm-hmm. Duke does care about that town. He does yeah. care about Haven. He cares about the people in it. Right. He you know, made lots of sacrifices for Haven. We know this. And, but right now he, you know, you can't really blame him when he feels his own future is on the line and he might be locked up in a cage or like I keep on repeating myself, become some experiment. Of course, he's going to think of himself in this moment. That's just human nature. He's going to fight for himself right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, the thing, and this is why that last scene, and if you um, reached the podcast through the website, you'll notice the post, the featured image is of the three of them. It's Duke facing Dwight with Nathan in the middle. And I really think that's a very telling photo. Okay. Because it's kind of Duke versus the guard who is... Oh, yeah. Anti-troubled. and Anti-troubled and also... Um, Oh, excuse me, the guards, the guards, pro- I said that wrong. 
Well, well they're pro-trouble, but they're they they were in Duke's fate. Yes, destined right, to right. to kill yeah. him. And then you have Nathan in the middle, who's trying to remind everybody, "Hey, we got to work together." Yeah, and I think that's very telling because Dwight, for all that he is, when he he had a power trip. Oh, totally. I mean, Dwight to me was kind of out of character. I almost thought for a minute there that he was under some type of trouble because of the way he was acting. Um, I, I don't think that really is what it was. But at the moment, when I very first watched that scene, when I was watching it live, I thought, is there some kind of trouble that Dwight's under? Because he's being such an ass. He was calling Duke a prick. Well, Dwight was the one who was being the prick. So for all that Dwight says, um, you know, there was that moment in William where he kind of understands Duke, right? Mm -hmm. And they kind of come to a sort of kind of friendship Uh of some sort. Um, Dwight's still not one of the three, though, right? He hasn't been there in the trenches with them. Uh And I think Duke has every right to feel betrayed by Dwight. Uh But he was so blinded by that betrayal that he missed Nathan who in season one would never have done this, uh-huh. was trying to stop Dwight. And then when he couldn't stop him, pushed him and asked him, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. It, Nathan was the voice of reason here. Um, and defender for Duke. Yeah. I, I feel it's important oh, yeah. to point that out because it's such a change in the relationship. Yeah, that Nathan was defending Duke in that moment. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's defended him previously, but I, I know what you're saying. It, it, didn't, it just came... Uh, without even thinking. Yes. And the fact, though, that Duke went to Mara and said, essentially, you know, what about your friends? They're not, they're, they don't have my back. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's not true. Okay. Nathan just had your back, you know, five seconds ago. Right. And he supports you. But Dwight said something, and it's that, um, you know, who the people of this town are going to listen to? Me, the police chief and head of the guard. Not you, who only cares about Audrey, and not you, who's selfish. Nathan may only care about Audrey, but he's right. Audrey is the one who's going to save that town. Absolutely, and I think that was, um, you know, I think there's, we've seen a lot of episodes, and there's this perception that Nathan was only after Audrey, and Duke's only out for himself. But a true Haven fan who's, who's seen all the episodes knows that that really is not true. We've seen Duke sacrifice himself numerous times, and all Nathan has ever done is sacrifice himself for Haven. And when Dwight says, I'm the chief, I thought it was interesting that Nathan was acting a little more like the chief in that moment. You know, what are you guys doing? we got to work together. He was trying to bring peace to the situation. I also thought it was interesting in, like, the opening scene when Dr. Charlotte Cross first comes to the Grey Goal and she says, and Dwight's the chief, and she asks Dwight for a moment alone because he's the chief. Mm -hmm. And we see that scene and that look on Nathan's face. I don't know if I'm reading into that, but I thought that was interesting. Dwight didn't say to Dr. Cross, you know, Nathan can stay or Nathan, you can stay, you can say it in front of him or I think it's, it's, I th- kind of interesting. I think that might be a little bit reading into it, but okay. uh, at the same time, I think Nathan's suspicion started to rise when yeah, she said CDC. Been, you're right, Amy. That may have been Nathan's look like, oh, why is the CDC here? Right. He's got a real issue. Not right. so much. Warning I, bells are going off. Yeah. Let me go inside. And, and you're, I think you're right, Amy. Thank you. I think that may be a better way to read that. I think that's how that's to be read. But the thing with Dwight is he, he feels that he knows what's best for Haven, which I think is an interesting take in that what he's been doing previous to his chief job is cleaning up the troubles, not right. solving them, mm-hmm. not 
protecting everyone, but covering up. Yeah. And not, and while the other thing can be said for Nathan and all is that they've been trying to fix everything. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that this is what the writers had said is that you're going to notice people with different priorities and different methods. Right. And I think this is it. I mean, Dwight thinks that talking and confiding in Charlotte because of that genetic marker, I think the genetic marker was a trigger for Dwight and said, okay, Mara can't solve the troubles. Audrey can't solve the troubles. What if getting a doctor who sees a genetic trait Mm -hmm. can fix this? Okay. And I think that's where his head is at. And, you know, I'm also wondering, and again, I might be reaching again, um, you know, Dr. Charlotte Cross, like I said, she was all, she was all business, my way or the highway, this is how it's going to be. She even told Dwight to go to hell in that last scene there. It's kind of like Dwight kind of took on some of her behavior and he's like, I'm going to be just as equally tough and strong and no nonsense as the doctor. And we know he might have been, you know, have a little thing for her. I was wondering if, you know, her being in town colored his emotions a bit and played into that scene as well. Um, I don't know, but he was definitely on a power trip. I thought Dr. Cross was on a bit of a power trip, but I don't know. <laughs> no, well, we've seen Dwight on a power trip previously, right? Yeah, when, we have. You're right. Yeah. And I think, it, I think Dwight's reverted to that. You know, everything was fine. Audrey's back. Great. We can't really do anything about the troubles. All right. But now an opportunity has again arisen where we can do something. And the thing is, I don't think he sees the full picture. Mm-hmm. You bring a doctor in to work on genetic manipulation of trouble genes Mm-hmm. If that's what it is, how does that not put them on a scope? How does that not put them in a cage? Yeah. And uh, I think he misses that. Whereas the whole town is all about, you know, protecting each other. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think the upcoming episode, you see the promo on uh, haven.com slash sci-fi. No. Sci-fi. Sci-fi. <laughs> slash haven. Or actually, I don't know if it's on there. Sci-fi. I don't. I don't know why you don't put the promos up. Yeah, it's up. I tweeted out the link. No, you put I, tweeted the Hulu one. No, not this week. This week I tweeted the. Um, did I tweet the Hulu links? I thought I tweeted the sci-fi dot com links this week. It's on both. Then okay, yeah. check sci-fi, but it's also on Hulu. Yeah. Um, and and you can see. And I mean, if you if you can't watch them if you're out of the country, wait. Um, Haven um, Haven Herald usually puts it on their Tumblr site, and that version that gets posted on the Haven Herald Tumblr is open uh, internationally, open no matter what country you're in. Yep. Uh, it looks like it's going to be very fast-paced, and Speed has hinted to that. Adam Higgs, one of the new writers for Haven, uh, comes from the Republic of Doyle, he previously wrote on, uh, is going to be there. And so let's welcome him with a great ratings if we can. Live tweets if you can do that. Tweet live. And be ready because uh, Speed has said it's going to be a roller coaster of a ride. Awesome. Can't wait. All right, guys. Till next time, we will see you later. This is Revisiting Haven.